Praise the Lord Jesus. I want to go to a scripture here. Uh, let's go with 12.1 of Romans. 12.1. You all know it. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the, the word today as it goes out, touches every individual. God, in the name of Jesus, you can be seated. The Bible says in Leviticus 11 and 44, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves. That means make holy. And ye shall be holy. For I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself with any manner of creeping thing. Be holy, he said in verse 45. For I am holy. Praise God. For the sake of having a title, I'm going to call this tonight, and I blame my wife for it, Lateral Holiness. Lateral Holiness. Reach out to somebody and say, hey, Lateral Holiness is you, is you. It's the holiness between me and you. Holiness in our relationships specifically to our brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. First Peter 1.15 says, But as he which hath called you is holy. Now this is, we can't escape it. It's in the New Testament too. So yeah, it's not like, oh, Tyus isn't really in the New Testament much. Oh, it's in there. Yeah, sure is. So is holiness. So be holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. The, Bible, uh, the, the old songbook we used to use, Years ago, sing unto the Lord. Has a song in there. The song goes, the first stanza says this, Take time to be holy. Speak oft with the Lord. Abide in Him always and feed on His Word. The things that follow that first statement are how we achieve the first statement. The time that the holy part. Praise God. So I'm going to jump right into it here. Preferring others above ourselves. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Preferring others above ourselves. Esteeming others better than ourselves. Philippians 2 and 3 said, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglorying. There's a scripture in the, in the book of Proverbs that says, uh, Only by pride comes contention. It's talking about relationships between maybe, most specifically, our brethren, sistren. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Love to say that word. You don't have to be right. I don't have to be right. 1 Corinthians 6.5, Paul said, I speak to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you? Wow. That was a stern rebuke. 
No, not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren, but brother goeth the law with brother, and that before the unbelievers. Now, there is, now therefore there is utterly a fault among you, because you go to law one with another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? You understand, this takes time in the presence of the Lord, because our desire is to lash Oh, i got to answer them like they answered me. That's not what Paul is talking about. Nay, you do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Defraud means to deprive one of a thing. It's all right for somebody else to be right even if they're wrong. Praise God. <laughs> it's all right. Somebody else to be right, even if they're wrong. John 13, 35, it says, But by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another, not simply one for another. Pastor Herring point, has pointed it out many times over the years, several times at least, and he said, not one for, but one to, meaning showing, being, doing. Praise God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Praise God. Proverbs 3 and 27 says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due and it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Now that's not just talking about a cheeseburger. This is talking about, I mean, we got, we got to be more uh, fluent with this and fluid with this, uh, this complimentary, you know, not flattery, but complimentary. I mean, we got to show our love. We can't be so staunch that we can't, you know, oh, I could never. Come on, that is what gives us power. It's part of it anyway. Bible talks about keeping, uh, well, anyway, never mind. Innocent until proven guilty, LOL. <laughs> that's what we should, that's how we should think of our brother. Let's give each other the benefit of the doubt and not to mention not a single one of us is perfect, not even close. If I think I'm, if I think I'm perfect, if I think I am, I'm delusional. Here, let me give you the definition for that. To believe in a false state of mental reality. Delusional. Promote unity, not competition. Now, somebody, I heard somebody say this recently. I had to repeat it, and I give them all the credit. But we need to create a culture of humility or unity rather than competition. We do this by being benevolent in our words and our actions towards others, causing ourselves to be opened up. You know, us men, we don't want to open up that way. We don't want to, we, we might think that somehow we're, we're, we're exposing our weakness by, but the fact of the matter is you can conquer competition by allowing people to know we're weak and not necessarily everything good we do. Look at me, I preach today. Wow, ain't I something? Big deal. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to fertilize. I want to promote. 
I want to cause to grow a spirit of unity, not by always being big me, but by allowing people to know, and they already know, my humanity. Paul the Apostle said he was servant of all. In 1 Corinthians 9, 19, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Servant to all. Everywhere he went. Didn't matter if they were smelly, whatever, you name it. Servant to him. And isn't there just something about a person that, uh, that will go out of their way? Praise God. They, they, they're a person that maybe we esteem. And, and, and they, they go out of their way to just serve others all the time. They, they lower themselves, you know, so to speak. It's just wonderful. Last of all, that's what Paul said. I'm last of all. 1 Corinthians 15, 8. Last of all. And the last of all, he was seen of me also. <laughs> I'm an apostle, but I saw him last. I was the last of all. And then he said, least of all, Ephesians 3, 8, unto me who am least, less than the least, less than the least of all saints is this grace given. We need to provoke each other to be better. Hebrews 10 and 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We want to see them succeed, Philippians 4.17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. For Thessalonians 4.1, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that ye, oh boy, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. Truth speaking. Every man speak truth with his neighbor, the Bible says. The Bible says in 51 of Psalm, thou desirest truth in the inward part. We don't need to speak dopey stuff to one another. we got to be real. No hidden agendas. No manipulative talk. Let's keep it real. Let's save the talking out of the side of the mouth for the politicians. Let's not do it here. Hallelujah. We need to promote and upgrade and elevate each other. Edify, edify, edify to build up. Romans 14, 19. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace, the things wherewith one may edify another. The Bible says in Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, for the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Down to 21, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Do we realize today that you, if you are in this body of Christ, you are a very valuable part of a ministry? <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody's got something good going on that other people need. 
There isn't a soul that Jesus ever had to live on this planet that didn't have something good to offer that we can look to and go, hmm, I need to shape up to that. You understand? I, hand on the ground can't. I used to, when I was a kid, I was horrified. This old horror movie that I saw, and they were like, this crawling hand. <laughs> like, really? And I was horrified of it. But there ain't no crawling hands that can do anything <laughs> by themselves. You got to have an arm hooked to that thing. You got to have a body hooked to that thing. And we can impart one to another just by being who we are. Hallelujah. Praise God. Moving ahead. Almost there. Hallelujah. God is good. The Bible says in 1 John 4.20, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth his, not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Romans 12.14 seems to combine peace with holiness when it says, Follow peace with all men and holiness. That's a, that's a togetherness, holiness, hallelujah, that God is pleased with, without which no man shall see the Lord. Brother Woodward pointed out a thought here that nowhere in the Bible do you find weak, encouraging, strong. You always find strong, encouraging, weak. Hallelujah. I said it's our job. Let's encourage one another. Let's, let's, let's build each other up. Hallelujah. You see, because that near perfect person in our eyes whom we're trying to pick apart sometimes, you find the ones that are perfect, man, we want to look and find something. There's got to be something wrong with Brad Herring. Where is he? Oh, he's over here. Man, i got to find something. You know, but that if they are what they say they are, may be the same ones who are trying to help put me back together. So don't, don't, don't. We don't have time for that. Praise His name. God is good. My point is this. We need to desire to honor God in everything we do. I don't know. We need to get a revelation again of honoring Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's all I got. Praise the Lord. Amen. God, help me to be a better brother, a better member of the body. Amen. And, and show it to me when I miss it. Make it a prick in my heart when I miss it. Thank you, Brother Stacy. Praise God. If you will, real quick. Please open with me to Acts 4.20. It says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Amen. So, how much power or what kind of power is in your testimony? So, when you sit and think about that, where did your thoughts go? Mine don't always go maybe where they ought to. Did did? Your thoughts jump to the opinion of what you think your testimony is as far as a value? Did you place a value of your testimony on, uh, based on how complete or incomplete 
you think it is. The pain that you've gone through, what, what I've caused myself, what I've put myself through for it to be what it is. Or did I even compare mine to somebody else? Did I say mine is better or mine is worse than theirs or mine is more valuable, if you will? But I did not ask how, what you thought your opinion was of how good your testimony is, but rather how much power resides in your testimony. What kind of power is in it? What is it capable of? Amen. Is, is mine less capable than yours or hers than his or so on and so forth? Is it only what is in it or is it also how we use it? If I have the greatest testimony in the world, again, rating it, but if I have an awesome testimony and I never share it or use it, what power is in my testimony? Amen. Luke 7.41 through the end of the verse, and we're going to, or excuse me, the end of the chapter, and we're going to pop in to that chapter, or, pop into that chapter a few verses in, in the 43rd verse, it, it talks about people who were forgiven. Some forgiven much, some forgiven less. And it says right here that to whom he forgave most, that's who's going to love the most. And, and Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. And I do not dare or never would dare to contradict that. But I have to make sure I don't err in grading the forgiveness I've been given. Because sin is sin. I can't say that my testimony is less because I was only forgiven of this, this, and this, whereas somebody else was forgiven of that. I have just started to cripple my testimony. I've started to take power from it by my own fault. Who am I to judge what God has done for me? I am so grateful. Amen. And, and we all started, we were all born in sin. We were all dead. We were all hellbound before the blood of Jesus washed us clean. Amen. God is so good. But now before I jump any deeper into testimony, I'd like to talk about where mine started, where our testimonies began. I, I first heard the gospel, then I repented. Amen. Repentance. It says right in Acts 2.37, trailing into 2.38. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and the rest of them, Apostles, men and brethren, what, what, what shall we do? That, that dug deep. What do I got to do? And they said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Praise the Lord. Repent and be baptized. It's vital. Repentance is vital yet it escapes mainstream so often. It, 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 I, I love so many of these newer songs. I really like drumming them. They're, they're a blast to play. But in these newer songs, they're about victory and overcoming the power of Jesus. Amen? And all these wonderful, wonderful blessings and mercy that He has bestowed upon us. But repentance seems to escape the writer's pen a lot. And we can get excited about repentance. I get excited about it when I get over myself because I know what it does for me. Amen? Without repentance being the first step, how, how could my testimony begin? Repentance and baptism is the foundation of my testimony. That is when God did miraculous things for me. That is when my sins were washed away by the wonderful blood of Jesus. Amen? And repentance is a continual process. Brother Robbie, you touched on these items just for a moment last week. Uh, repentance is like, it's, it's uh, and, and, and baptism, it's like a blood transfusion. I take 
all the old out that doesn't belong, and I get rid of it. I totally change what is inside of me, what my life force is, what drives me, what keeps me going. But if I try to go at life without continual repentance, now I've kind of changed the tune. And, and the blood will start to spoil again. My, me, I will start to spoil again. And not only will it begin to spoil, but if I try to fix it without repenting daily, without dying daily, it's just like that bloodletting or just like those leeches. I'm just trying to take a little bit out. I'm not trying to change everything inside. I'm not trying to change the source. I'm just, I'm just pulling a little bit out. and trying to do a two-a-week repentance. It, it leaves too much in there. It doesn't allow for me to be full of the power of Jesus. And as I just said, I can't try to trickle it out. I have to die daily. This fleshly man has to go and has to be full of Jesus every day. And that repentance opens up my life for the operation of the precious blood of the Lamb. And I mean, God, that song, when I think of the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me. I mean, you've got to be over just that line, just that bit right in the middle of a storm. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, when I think of the blood of the Lamb, everything he's done for me, it just overcomes me. It just overcomes me. And now we are going to read Psalms chapter 3. Praise the Lord. It's a short one, so it will be quick. I promise you that. But the subtitle, if you will, that they gave Psalms chapter 3, the... Uh, Writers of the Thompson chain, un underneath Psalms chapter 3 in my Bible, it says, A Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. So he's fleeing for hazard of life. Not only from his son that turned on him, but much of his country, his, his advisors, his close friends, his confidants. There were many, many people that I would be in complete disarray if all of a sudden I was running from them. Amen. And so it, it goes, it says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of mine head. Amen. I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Stop and think. Amen. I laid me down and slept. I awake for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Won't be afraid of any. And arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. So this one jumped out to me the other day because of what I couldn't figure out. I love, as all of you do, I love to praise God. I just love to talk about His might and His majesty, but sometimes I miss a part of it, and that's testifying to God about what He's done for me. Amen? And, and I'm reading through this, this chapter, and I can't find... I'm sure a, a theologian could digest it and give you an answer, but I can't find where David goes from testimony about what God has done for him to praise about God in his might to claiming his promises. I, I just, I struggle with that. And it, it encouraged me. I was like, man, 
he just started right off with, with testimony and praise. They're so close together. And he, he was talking about all the mighty things God had done for him. And look at how it turned out. He didn't even ask for help in the situation until the very end of the chapter. Not until the very end. So I wonder if I purpose myself more in testimony and follow that more with praise if I may not even reach the point where I'm asking for help. If that's going to be at the very end, I know my God is mighty and He may very well take care of it before I even reach there. I may get peace, I may get joy in the middle of my prayer before I even get to complaining about my problems. Praise God. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. In Psalm 136, we're just going to glance at a verse there. That is, it's a chapter with verse after verse of testimony and praise of what God had done for His people. To Him which led His people through the wilderness. That is both praise and that is testimony. That is what God did for them. That is what God did for them, and it was used as a tool to praise God. I hope you kind of get where I'm going with this. And as we, we start to run this down to a, a, a slow close or a or medium close, anyway, I, I look to the book of Malachi. We commonly look through these, these last couple, or these, this midsection of chapter 3, and rightfully so. These are awesome verses on tithe and offering. And it says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. I, I, my heart always takes a pause right there, because I, I can see it in my mind's eye, amen? And pour you out a blessing, that there shall, be, there shall not be room enough to receive it. It's awesome. But what's going on in the two chapters before this? What's the whole picture? The two chapters before this, God's firing off like an automatic telling His people how they've strayed. Telling them how they've, they've defiled His offerings. Telling them how they've, they've wandered from Him. But right here, this is very contrary to that. But if I look to the verse just before this section that we looked at. If I look to verse 7. Even from the days of your father... You're gone away from my ordinances. You've been going since you began. You've been running and haven't kept them. But right here, return unto me, and I will return unto you. If I could put that in Anthony terms, it says, repent, and I will wash you with the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Repent, and I will wash you with the blood of the Lamb. And as me and Brother Toaston were talking before service, so often I'm guilty of right through the rest of the chapter, right through the rest of the book, because there's that piece that always sticks out. But if we look at verse 16, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. They testified. They testified to each other. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. He remembered their testimony, and their testifying. What, what power is in my testimony that maybe I'm not unlocking? Maybe I'm not using it enough. Maybe I'm not using it enough. This was, I was so encouraged before service because there was so much testimony going on. 
So much testimony for the middle of my work week. It was helping me out so much. But as we come to a wrap here, we look in the book of Revelation, 12:11. Right here's where I'm headed. And they overcame him. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. And they loved not their lives unto death. The blood of the lamb covers me and I ought to talk about it. I ought to keep it fresh because the other part of that overcoming is my testimony. Amen. It, it, it's right there. Amen. It's right there. God is so good. It, it, it's so overcoming. When I am in the middle of, of a marital discussion, rather than arguing, rather than having to be right when I don't need to be right, which I'm guilty of all too often, I ought to take a moment to my bride and testify about how God, good God has been to us in my relationship. I ought to tell her, I ought to tell myself and tell God, thank you, Lord, you've given us so much joy and so much happiness. You brought us together when it didn't make sense. You've kept us through arguments that I had no idea how I was even going to get out, let alone us. Amen? When your finances are just unraveling, God, you have enabled me to pay so many bills. It almost makes me sad because of how many I've paid. But he has enabled me to pay those bills. So when I get worried about my finances, God, you, you help me. God, you made it so I could pay my bills. You made it so I've got a roof over my head. You, you, God. When your kiddo is sick, it was right there on a Sunday afternoon. At a prayer meeting on a Sunday afternoon when every doctor with every letter behind their name said your son is either going to die in the womb or the second he gets out of it. And right there. God Almighty changed my boy's life, changed our lives. God is so good. Somebody testify. Woo! Power in your testimony, church. There's power in your testimony. Praise God. I think a lot of what you're talking about, edifying and that lateral holiness, helping others besides you, Looking to help people that are around you. Uh, man, when you just want to complain and you want to gripe and you want to just whine and you want some tissue, it's time to praise God. It's time to say, uh, it may seem bleak, but God's in control. It may seem difficult to get a smile on my face, but it could be a whole lot worse. God cares about you, church. Brother, sister, you may be going through hell, but I'm going to say something from someone who told me today. God knew you could get through it. God knew, Brother Brad. What you're going through, God knows. Praise Him in the storm. You got power in your testimony. Yes. Let's sing. Let's worship. You don't got to come up here if you don't want to. Let's just worship. Let's thank God. He's been good to us. He's been good to us. Come on, I need some musicians. I need somebody to play guitar. I need somebody to play the drums. I need somebody who wants to sing. I need your testimony. I need your testimony.
Walter, I need your testimony. Brother Bradley, I need your testimony. I'm believing. I'm believing. Sister Herring, I know God's working. Your testimony is powerful. The people you work with, they need to hear about a God that's able. And what he's done for me. Yeah.